Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Almighty God, amen. We serve a God that loves us, cares about us, thinks about us, want to see us do want to see us do good. Amen? But I can't keep trying to go over the message in my head and it's something that just keep popping up in my head and I can't can't figure out the answer to this question. So if y'all if y'all know it you can help me out. But what is the the name of that paper? That the that the deaf people use with the bumps on it. Anybody know? Braille. Amen. Amen. That's what it's braille. That the deaf people use. Amen. Ah. Amen. 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 It's okay. It's okay. So let's listen carefully to this one. Y'all listening? You are the driver of a train. There are 30 people on board. At the first stop, 10 people get off. At the next stop, five people get on. Now for the question, what's the name of the driver? It's you. Said, listen carefully. It says, you are the driver of a train. Amen. And then we threw in all that extra other nonsense. But just think about if we make a mistake on on those little things, what kind of mistake could we be making with, with our eternal salvation? Because a lot of times what we do is we just, we think we know what God want us to do. We think we know, and so we go and, and, and we just live life. We just going and living, and people tell us something, and we just going about our day. And you think about the Bible that gives us the warning in uh, Proverbs 28, 26. It says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. And so it was perfect timing because almost 30 days ago, well, it was 30 days ago, on the, the 6th of, of November, I had sent out a, a, a challenge. Anybody remember what that challenge was when I preached that Sunday? Back to the basics, reading every day. I don't want anybody to raise their hand because I don't want to, you know. But I want you to ask that question to yourself. Did you take that challenge and have you read your Bible every day since then? Amen. I see a lot of heads shaking yes, and that's good. Because the first time I did it, that it was the opposite when I asked that question. 
And you may ask yourself the question, why, why, why didn't everybody shake their head yes? And the reason is of a three-letter word called sin. When you think about sin, you have to, you, you, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, he who covers his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes or turn away from them will have mercy. Anybody want mercy in this place? I don't know about you, but I want mercy. And so as I begin to, to put this message together, and I just begin to think about everything that God has done for me. And it's just so wow, you know. I, it's like, man, God, why, why, why me? I'm a messed up person, messed up sinner, but you chose me. Out of all the people, all my friends and family members that you could have chose, you chose me. And because he chose me, I, I didn't really understand what it meant to be saved. I didn't know what it meant to really give your life to the Lord. I didn't know what it meant to flee from sin. And so if we could turn in our Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. Everybody there? Says the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? 
And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Lord Jesus, I pray for the next few minutes, Lord, that you will help me, Lord, to get out everything, Lord, that you've placed on my heart, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you will give me the strength, Lord, to, to make it through, Lord, this message that you've placed on my heart, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will move in this place, Lord, that, that eyes will be open tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And then if we could look at uh, verse 12 through 15 in Acts. And it says, and then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Aphias, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in the prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his, and with his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples all together the number of names was about 120, he said. And if you haven't seen the, the title of the message, it's called Waiting on You. Waiting on You. And as I, I preached that, that, as I preached on the basics, getting back to the basics, I remember we, we, we had a, uh, where we went to the park afterwards. And just a couple of fellas, we, we were sitting down and we was talking about the message and they was like, man, that was a powerful message. And I was like, glory to God. And then God just placed something in my, in my heart, in my spirit. And, and, and he just and he was like, man, just think about that upper room. Think about the upper room. And how all you trying to do is get people to read their Bibles every day, to pray every day, to go to the Lord every day. And I and I appear to over 500 people, and only 120 actually went. Think about that. Only 120 actually went. And then if you go in the Bible it, and, and figure out the puzzle of the Bible, 
it took about 10 days. It took 10 days for them to get on one accord. And in verse 14, if you could put that back up for a second, Acts 1, 14. It says, and these all continued with one accord. And the, the names before it was 11 names, plus the, the, the Mary and, and, and the women that were with them. So it wasn't the whole 120 that were on one accord. They wasn't on one accord the very first day that they walked in. It took some time. And when you think about what God is calling us to do, he's calling us to, because I don't know about you, but I want to see a revival. Anybody else want to see a revival? I want to see a revival. I want to see a move of God. Amen. And, and God is so amazing that he gave me a, 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 a vision, which I, I never get. And it was just like a, this is what I, this is, this is what you want to see. And it was so vivid. And, and later on, when we get to a, another part of this, this message, I, I'm going to share that vision with you guys. Because it's powerful. But we got to get all on one accord before we can get to that vision. And that's why I asked for strength to make it through this message. Because as I'm, as I'm preparing this message, all I could do is weep and cry and just think about, man, Lord, what do we have to do to, to get it? Listen, I just put out a challenge to read your Bible. But in the Bible are some commandments that we have to follow. In the Bible are some, some things that, we, that Jesus has called us to do. He called us to go out and make disciples of all nations. He didn't call us just to come to church. He didn't call us just to be, to do what we want to do. Amen? A lot of us are not doing things in, in the church right now because it's not what we want to do. And so I was trying to find, I was flipping through, I was Googling, I was trying to find some verses that said, you know what? Jesus, I'm going to do just what I think I'm good at. And Google couldn't even come up with anything. And you know, if Google can't come up with something, they just make stuff up on Google. But, but listen, we got to get to the place to where we say, Lord, listen, I want to do what you want me to do. And as we, as we go on in this, in this message, I want you to think about the 120. That's where we're going with this. I want you to think about the 120 and how they all got on one accord. And then it wasn't the Holy Spirit fell and did amazing things and then they got on one accord. But they got on one accord and they all had one vision. We all got a vision to reach, teach, and to send. And God has given us that vision in this place. And we've seen it. We've got churches out there right now. In Bowie and Costa Rica and in Dallas and Fort Worth and Garland and all these different places. We've, 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 we're, we're doing the vision. But I want to speak to this house tonight. Amen. 
and and pastor when he when he when he's here and he's preaching to us and he want to see those revivals he want to see those things happen pastor been praying for a revival since I, long as I've known him for long as I've been coming here he been wanting to see a revival and he's been preaching to us and giving it to us on credit that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and listen that's something that only you can answer whether you wake up and you're reading your Bible and you're living out the word of God. That's something only you can answer. Nobody, you can fake out everybody else in this place. But listen, only you know whether you're reading the Bible. Only you know whether you're living it out. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes being a Christian sucks. And the reason I say that is because I want to do what I want to do sometimes. When people talk crazy to me, I want to go back and be who I used to be. But I got to let some things go. I can't do what I used to do. I can't do the things that I used to go. I can't go to the places I used to go to. And that's why when we see people that, that come in and out like a, like a revolving door, and you're like, man, what is going on? And you just wish and pray and hope that, that there was some way that God could just allow you to, to, to lay your hands on them. And they'll understand everything that you understand. But unfortunately, it don't work like that. But when we get into our word and, and we say, you know what, let, let, let's, let me take some time away from my week to spend some time with you. We should all, every last person in this place should have somebody that we're discipling. Amen? Man, woman, it doesn't matter. And as I was putting this message together, I, I thought about something and, and I was reading about when, when Jesus died on that cross and he was buried. And they was looking for him in a tomb. Did you know them sorry men were hiding? They supposed to be the tough ones. You know who was out there looking for Jesus? Woman. Do you know who the first evangelist was? The first one to preach the gospel? It wasn't a man. And I know some of y'all are racing right now like, ooh, they said women can't preach. Women can't be pastors or not supposed to be pastors. But everybody's supposed to preach the word of God. Everybody's supposed to preach the word of God. And so what happened is she said, you know what? I want y'all to come see what this man has done. And so she went on and preached, but I don't want to get into that today, amen? What I want to talk about is, is in Acts chapter 2. If we look at Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were 
all with one accord in one place. They were all with one accord in one place. So that means they didn't have six people at home, three people at the bank, four people doing outreach, six people doing other stuff. They were all on one accord in one place. Amen? It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And watch this. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I want you to, to remember that part. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3 says, And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Think about the 120. 117 of them didn't get it, and, or 117 got it and three didn't. It says that he sat upon each one of them. Amen? So I want you to ask yourself, am I, am I the one that's holding back the revival? Amen. That, that, that was good. Am I the one that's holding it back? Verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with, with other tongues, and as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen? And that's what I, that's, if you don't get anything else out of this message tonight, I want you to get that this is individual, but it's also corporate. We're one body, the Bible says. One body, many members. And so as the one body, we can't say, you know what? We're going to go work out today and leave our legs at home. Right? That's the visual I get. I'm, I'm sorry. I get those. But we can't, we can't do that. As a body, we all have to go. We all have to be in that one place so that, the, so that the Holy Spirit can talk to us, can speak to us. And I was asking a person, my aunt, when I, when I preached that message, she, she's been messaging me every week. I'm still reading my Bible. She's been going to church all her life. Why would she be just now telling me that? Because sometimes we can get in the motions of just doing things and just going places. And, man, I went to church and it was an amazing message. And, but we don't take the time. Or one, one I heard, because I've been asking throughout, the, throughout this month, just different people, hey, you still been reading your Bible every day? And one guy said, hey, I've been praying every day. That sounds good, don't it? I've been praying every day. And I said, what about reading your Bible? He said, I read it more than I miss. Listen to where I'm going with this. I want you to 
picture yourself talking to someone, right? You're talking to someone, and and you 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 you're just you. They're just talking up a storm. They just won't shut up. Anybody ever had some of those people? And so they just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, and you're just like, I, okay, wait, can I? And they just keep on going. That's what it's like to just sit around and pray all day and never get in your word. You don't allow God to speak back to you. You just, God, I want you to do this, and I need you to do that, and heal this, and do that, and do this, and do that. And he's like, I need you. Can I? I need. We have to have the balance to do it all. Because those people, they had to go to that upper room. And then they had to sit there for 10 days. The same 120 people for 10 days. Psst, right. In a room. I don't know how big the room was. But my imagination says, never mind. Thought about bringing up COVID, but I didn't, I didn't do that. But um, when you think about those 120 people, what had to happen in that room? You probably had those, those 11 people that had talked about that mentioned by name. They probably was in there just like, man, this is going to be so amazing. We're going to walk in that room and we're going to begin to pray and things are going to begin to happen and everything's going to change. And then day one go and they like, Lord, what is, what's going on? Why haven't we received the promise yet? Anybody ever seen Elf? <laughs> Remember Elf and, and they was, at the end, they was singing and, and the dad was lip singing. Remember that part? And the son looked over and was like, you're not singing. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing happened at, in the upper room. You're not really praying, you're sleeping. <laughs> Wake up. But listen, we all have to get on one accord. Each and every one of us have to say, listen, Lord, I want to do my part. Help me. This is the part that always that's been getting me when I've been writing this message is, Lord, we have to do our part. Each and every one of us. Too many times we're, we're, we're just coming to church and and some of us may even be in the, the ministry group and even when somebody even asked them you reading your bible yeah I'm reading you praying every day yeah I'm praying but the, only, the, the sad part about it is only you know if you're really doing that. But what God's word says that when we're all on one accord, something is going to happen. Because he said that when, if two or three, if two or three 
are calling and doing what I asked them to do, I'm there. And so we got to ask ourselves in this place, why haven't we seen what God has called us to see, what God, what we want to see from God, what God said can happen? He said it can happen. And I know it can happen, and I want to see it happen. Amen? And so the question is, we're waiting on you. And listen, when I'm, when I'm preaching this message, I'm not speaking to anybody in particular. But I'm speaking to everybody. Because I, wanted, I want us all to take this challenge and say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of dealing with the nonsense. I'm tired of letting my offenses keep me from doing what God has called me to do. And what I mean by offenses is somebody, maybe somebody hurt your feelings, right? And we say, you know what? I ain't going to forget him. And watch what happens. And so we come in and we see him standing by the door and we're walking down and it's only one way. And somebody may be over here that needs to speak to you. But that person is in your way that has offended you. And so you go this way. And that person go home. And they don't come back to church. And you never see them again. And something could have happened. I don't wish that on anybody, but I'm just giving you a, a thought. That, that when we go and that when we are doing things in this place, we got to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I want to do what God called me to do. No matter what you may have said to me to hurt my feelings. No matter what you may have done to hurt my feelings. Because anybody, it, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible says that if you know what you ought to do and you don't do it, it's a what? It's a sin. And what is keeping us from, from doing what God has called us to do? Sin. We ought to be reading our Bibles every day. It shouldn't be something that we that someone should have to ask you to do. That should be an ought to. Amen. We ought to be witnessing every day. Every chance we get. Amen. We ought to be praying every day. Amen. We ought to be praying for an opportunity to be a witness. And if you're in this place and. There's nothing like having everybody at church, everybody that you can think of being at church. It's just different, right? It's just something about saying, you know what? Because I, I, I missed my brother when he wasn't here. It was tough. And when every time I see him now, I just smile and say, man, what a blessing. Because I know him. And I know what God has done in his life. And I know what God is going to do. 
But sometimes you got to navigate and do what God has called you to do. And you got to trust God that he's in control. Amen. Let's let's get to second Corinthians if we could. We'll start in verse second uh, Corinthians, chapter seven, verse 14. Many people know this verse, right? It says, and if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Most people know that, that verse. But we don't read what's around it. We don't read those verses that are around it. Amen. But I want to let's go back to second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, if we could. And I want to. As we're reading this. I want us to think about this house. I want us to think about this church and those churches that we've sung out, that we've started in, in Costa Rica and Bowie and Garland and Fort Worth and Tanzania, all those, all those places, South Dallas, Farmer's Branch, 2 Chronicles chapter 1. It says when Solomon, this, this, this is what happened when we begin to get a hold of God. Watch this. It says, and when Solomon had finished praying, Do you remember your last prayer? Was it powerful? Or was it just a, Lord, thank you for this day. I got to go to work. Think about your prayer life. And when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven. Anybody ever had that happen? I'm still waiting on it. Amen. I don't even know how that's going to go. I think we, yeah, our insurance up to date. So, <laughs> so we're we, we going to be good. Amen. I don't know how we're going to explain that, but we're going we gonna to make it happen. Amen. It says, but the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. Look at this part. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Look at what happens when the glory of the Lord comes in verse 2. It says, and the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. The priest couldn't even get in because the glory of the Lord had filled the, the, the house. And this is where my vision comes in. It 
as I as I was as I was reading this. I could just picture those who truly took the challenge to say, you know what, I'm going to seek God every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to just do whatever I can to be a witness and to sacrifice. And my vision was I saw the church. And I saw all of this being shut down on the highway. People are coming from all over. They stopping, getting out of their cars, coming over, people in wheelchairs. But the glory of the Lord filled this place to where none of those who have been seeking God's face could be in this place. But we were on the outside. We were ushering people in. And I saw people coming in in wheelchairs, and watch this. That we, they was in the wheelchairs, and when we, we got them in, we couldn't go in. Watch this. So we had to push them in, and they came running out. We had to push them in in a wheelchair, and they came running out. And they didn't just come out and start hanging around. They went out and went and told their family members and friends, listen, look at what I'm doing. Look at what the Lord has done for me. And then they brought their family members and friends. And they begin to tell them how they were healed. Drug addicts. Again, we couldn't, we couldn't bring them in, so they had, to, they had to go in. And when they came in, they came running back out. Because you can't be around. You can't be in the spirit of the Lord and just hang around. And so he was doing, he filled this place. And people begin to come in. People begin to be delivered, set free. This is the part that, that God spoke to me with because I've been praying for many of my friends. Atheists came. They was coming from all over. But they wasn't coming to be healed. They wasn't coming to, to get a, anything from God. Watch this. They was coming to mock what was going on. and they, So they walked in. And they ran back out preaching the gospel. They ran back out preaching the gospel. They ran back out calling on the name of Jesus. They called, they came out. Listen, but that can't happen if you, if you, if you, if you don't seek him first. Because he said, when my people who are called by my name humble themselves. How many know it, it takes some humbling to go from not reading your Bible to reading your Bible every day? It takes some humbling 
to go and witness to that person that you didn't really want to talk to. It takes some humbling. To admit that you was wrong. And then we begin to pray. And we begin to seek God's face. We begin to seek what God wants in our lives. Not what we want. Not the job that we've been looking for. Not the relationship that we've been wanting all our life. But we begin to seek God. And we begin to say, you know what, God, I want what you have for me. I'm not worried about this world anymore. But, Lord, I want to seek you. And when that begins to happen, that's when that revival can take place. Because we'll all be on one accord. We'll all take that challenge and say, you know what, Lord, I'm done. I'm done placing movies, games, relationships, jobs, anything above you. And we're not going to all know that we're all on one accord until that Holy Spirit falls. And when that Holy Spirit begins to fall, lives are going to change. Chains are going to be broken. Hearts are going to be made new. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. we'll begin to take the things when we truly surrender to Jesus. We'll begin to take the things of God serious and not just say, man, that was just a a good message, but it wasn't for me. I want to ask the question all over this place. I want every head bowed tonight, every eye closed. I want to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight? Have you called upon the name of Jesus? And if you're like, no, but I want to, and I want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Like I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life tonight. Maybe you've said that prayer many a times. Maybe you've been coming to church all your life.
but you say, I haven't been seeking the Lord the way that I need to seek him. I haven't gave Jesus my entire life. I haven't given him everything. But you say tonight, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. If that's you, just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Amen. Let us all stand to our feet tonight. The Lord is waiting on us. He's faithful. He's faithful. He want to do a work in us. But he's waiting on each and every one of us to surrender. And I want us all, if we could just take the time to say, you know what, let me just come to this altar. I just want everybody to come to this altar and just make a decision tonight. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give everything to the Lord. I don't want to be the one that's holding back that revival. I don't want to be the one that when Jesus come back, I'm left wondering. I just want us to just repeat this prayer after me as we begin to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving up your life for a sinner like me. Jesus, I believe that you came down from heaven that you lived a perfect life here on earth, that you died on a cross, that you was buried in a tomb, and you rose again on the third day. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.